Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fancast pre-match. I'm your host, Little Dan. 2009-2010, Sunday afternoon, goal scorer for Coven Colts. Massive feat there. Today I've got with me former Wolves and Aston Villa legend Steve Frogger, the greatest export out of Lincolnshire since the sausages. How are you doing, Steve? I'm great, Dan. Thank you. Yourself? Yeah, all good. We're all uh, plodding along through lockdown. Hopefully not much longer. Keep rolling yeah. out that vaccine, Boris. Well done on that. Um, let's get straight to it. Villa Wolves um, Saturday on Sky Sports. Both teams coming off the back of defeats. Uh, I think there's some sort of key injuries, players that I'm doubtful. Uh, what did you make to the performances in the week, starting off with um, at Villa? Disappointed for Villa. I mean, they uh, Sheffield United had 10 men, didn't they, for best part of the second half, and they, they couldn't really break them down. So, yeah, it just shows you when Jack's not in the side, the, you know, the, the lack of creativity at times that they have. Um, you know, it was a, you know, a really good defensive performance by Sheffield United. But, yeah, they'll be disappointed with that because that could have really taken them up the table. Obviously, it's been a bit of a bugbear for, for, for Villa fans this season that they've been sort of... Um described as a one-man team. Grealish hasn't really been performing to the highest level, has he, for a, a few weeks, maybe over a month now, and obviously may have been carrying in, carrying injuries going forward. I think Emmy Martinez has been massive for Villa this season. He used to play for Wolves on loan a few years back. Um, what's their sort of strengths going into the game uh, against Wolves on Saturday if Grealish isn't fit? I think defensively, they're very good. If you look at defensively this season, the, the, the partnership between Mings and Conte has been excellent. Um, you know, they, they're both being touted to get in the England squad. They, they're really strong, both decent on the ball. Conte in particular, I've been really impressed with Conte this year. Um, yeah, defensively, they're very good. I know Villa have been missing Matty Cash. He's been outstanding this season. So I don't think he'll be back the weekend, but I'm not too sure. Uh, midfield. Yeah, de decent at times. He's had to chop and change. You know, I don't, I don't think anyone's really stamped their authority in the middle of the park for Villa. You know, in recent weeks, one person plays well and then they, you know, it, there's a, a lack of consistency in the middle of the park. But for me, for one of the best players for me this season, it has been Ollie Watkins up front. He's been a, an absolutely sensational signing. Scored a few goals, maybe would like to have had a few more. However, it's the work he gets through, working up front on his own. You know, he, he makes defenders' life really difficult. He works the channels, holds the ball up really, really well. I, I think he's been one of one of the, in terms of strikers, one of the best signings in the Premier League. I totally agree. He's been probably one of the, the best signings of the from last summer anyway. But ideally, a, war, a striker that Wolves could have done to have that sort of back up to, to Jimenez. Like you said, a striker that gets through a lot of work, right, can hold up the ball. He's quite fast, um, Ollie Watkins, so he, he creates a lot of chances on his own, which similar to Jimenez, um, being able to hold the ball up and make your own chances. Um, as you said, got Matty Cash is a, a doubt. Uh, Courtney House and Wesley, I don't think, will be available for Villa. But what did you think to Wolves' performance um, against Man City the other night? Did you think the game plan was... Right, or are we really struggling to get ourselves on the front foot? I think Wolves, are, in general, Wolves have struggled to get themselves on the front foot all season from, from most of the games I've seen. I, I think the Man City game, you can only take, you're playing against like an incredible football team. You look at the results they've had. It's a game, as any team would go there, you'd set up not to be embarrassed. You'd set up to try and keep it nice and tight, which Nuno's fantastic at doing uh, and hitting teams on the counter-attack. 
and they almost got there, didn't they? But you know, I think just you know the greater quality of Man City, and I think the constant pressure, the amount of possession that they had, it it, it forces mistakes in teams, and unfortunately, in the last few minutes, walls fell apart. But you know, it was no embarrassment to go there and and, and get beat by what is a, a world class football team. Yeah. Um... Wolves started the game with uh, in a sort of five-three-two uh, formation with Adama and Neto up front. Do you see Wolves changing it back to the the, the sort of three-four-three three come Saturday with uh, either William Jose or Fabio Silva starting up front? Well, I don't think they need to go with five at the back against Villa. I mean, especially, I mean, I suppose it really depends whether Jack's in the side or not. Um, but I would I would go with a back four against Villa for sure. Because if Jack does play, you want you want a fullback to actually properly take care of him and not be disappearing up and down the wing. You you want them actually to 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 sort of single him out as a as a player. But you, you'd I, I, I'm never never a fan. It's okay playing five at the back, but you've got to be on the front foot. You've got to play front foot football to have five in the back. There's no point having five at the back and, and literally playing a flat back five. I see that as pointless because. You, you end up sort of losing out with an extra wide man in the middle of the park then. Um, I mean, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be really interesting to see how, the, how they both set up. Wolves' biggest problem for me from last year where they, they were fantastic and had some great results, but they were a counter-attacking side. Nuno's clearly tried to change it to, to a more front foot football style, but that's never easy. I mean, I've, you know, I've played the game and... You know, you can't go from being one thing to the next and expect it all to, to run smoothly. I think the biggest disappointment for me and maybe many Wolves fans is has been the, the recruitment. You know, I, I don't think they needed many changes from last year because of where they finished in the league and, and the, obviously the position they ended up in. However, I don't think the recruitment has improved the side at all this season. In fact, it's been quite disappointing when you, you see the, the, the players they brought in and you know, losing Yotta and Doherty as well. Um, you know, I, I don't think they've improved the side from last year. And that, that will be the biggest criticism of Wolves this season, whereas you look at Dino and what he's done at Villa, and his recruitment's been really, really good in comparison. So, you know, I think that's something that Wolves certainly need to have a good long look at over the summer months in terms of the sort of player, if they want to play front foot football and, and actually, you know, try and at attack those Champions League places. You know, they do need to br bring a more forward-thinking sort of player into the football club. So, so where are you talking about in particular in the summer? I know you mentioned going to a back four on Saturday. I think Willie Boy is probably one of the most underrated centre-backs in, in the Premier League. Obviously, I think he'll be back in the starting lineup on Saturday. I know he was on the bench against Man City. I, I think he's one of them players for Wolves. If he's fit, he has to play. But uh, what sort of... Are you talking we need a centre-back in the, in the summer or, or, or more attacking players? I think you need more dying a more dynamic midfield player. I think I think the two boys in the middle of the park, whilst geniuses with the ball at their feet, I don't think they have the, the legs both going backwards or forwards. To, to I think the two similar is the truth. And I think, you know, in any great midfield partnership, you have one that's great at one thing and, and another one that's great at perhaps going forward and bombing in the box. And I think if you're going to play with one man up front, the key thing is always to have a midfield runner that can run in behind Jimenez you know, and then get onto the crosses of Adama and, and uh, Pedro Neto. You need that extra man. And, and I think sometimes the, the Wolves midfield is, is way too static. There's no movement in a forward direction. And, you know, you can sometimes look across the line and it is a straight line of players because they're all, they're all 
like football players, they like to get it past the ball, pass, pass, pass. But sometimes you need a bit more than that. And the, the top midfielders in the Premier League, they can go both directions because they have that physical ability to do so. Obviously mentioning before, Jack Grealish is that type of player that Wolves would love to have in that centre midfielder, sort of a, a number 10 who can do it all. I think him and James Madison are sort of the, the clear examples this season in the Premier League of that dynamic midfielder who can do a bit of everything. I'm not sure he's the sort of player that Wolves should be looking at. John McGinn, going both ways, could be another player that Wolves need that sort of calibre of player. Um, talking wingers, there's quite a few uh, disposal for both sides. Obama, Neto, uh, Bertrand Traore, El Ghazi, uh, list goes on, uh, Daniel Podence. Who's sort of taking your fancy out of those wingers? Who, who'd, who's the number one winger out of those two those lists? Well, there's some great quality. You, know, you say you've, you've some good names from, from Villa's point of view. Traore, I think, has come on leaps and bounds this year. He, he's grown you know, from strength to strength and he, he looks like he's going to be a real player. I mean, sometimes for, for foreign players are interesting because very few of them come and it, it hits straight away. Some some of them take a while to fit into into you know English football. It's a different way of playing, uh, but Trio has certainly got, uh, improved hugely throughout the season in terms of Wolves. I mean, I think Pedro Neto has been the superstar of of, of wingers from both sides. Really, I mean, he's the the lads the lads got what I, what I love about him. He's got a bit of everything, and he's direct. And uh, you know, I, I was very similar in terms of being a direct winger. So I, I like that player was willing to get to the byline, get your crosses in. He's he's got two wonderful feet. He's got a really good footballing brain, but he's, it's his crossing ability. And I always gauge any winger that I ever see by what what do they deliver? You know, do they score goals? I mean, the modern day wing a bit different to my day. They're expected to score a few more goals, but actually, how many chances are they creating? Are they making goals for their centre forward? And when I look at Neto this season, he's been outstanding in, in absolutely every area in terms of creating goals for his teammates, everything else. Adam has been, for me, massively disappointed, based purely based on what has he done facts, you know. Um, you know, having a run every now and again and beating two or three players is all well and good, but he, you know, his goal score is not scored anywhere near enough goals. Um, nowhere near created nowhere enough chances during the season. But, you know, he's got incredible ability and, you know, finding the right thing for him. I mean, his pace, his power is second to none in, in probably world football. It's just finding a way of getting him to into those positions where he can um, sort of engage himself one-on-one -on -one with a player. He, he, he tends to run into too many bodies and, and ends up getting kicked and falling down and in all the wrong areas. When I'd love to see him with it, you know, with his pace, he should be just going to the byline and whipping crosses in. And that's where, where I say with Wolves, where I think they struggle at times is not getting enough men in the box because obviously Jimenez has been a, a, an enormous loss. We all know that. But even when Jimenez was in the side, I never saw too many bodies get breaking the neck to get into the box alongside him. You want at least two or three men when you, when you cross the ball to give yourself a chance of scoring a goal. Do you think the sort of system game plan that Nuno sets walls at sort of deters Traore's main strengths? I know you mentioned then about you wanting just to get to the ball and put crosses in. Obviously not having a main focal point for a lot of this season with Raul being injured, uh, Fabio Silva and William Jose not really yes. kicking into gear. And the fact that you mentioned Neves and Martino, they're not that late run into the box, 
winning there. Like, I know never did it against Newcastle last weekend, but that's not their regular game, is it? It's to keep yeah. walls ticking over, keep possession nicely, and then build up using yeah. the wing backs. But how, how much has it really deterred? Adama recently with him being put into an inverted winger sort of situation where he's been asked to play more central tech, more players on, but there's still no sort of end game for him to find. Yeah, I mean, I, I also, I, you know, I, I still think Adama's is, is a right-sided player. I mean, I, I you know, I, I can only go, I always go back to my own experiences of playing. I, I used to hate playing on the right wing. I used to like attacking the fullback, getting, getting beyond them and getting crosses in the box. I used to love that. And I played a couple of games on the right-hand side, but I never really enjoyed it because you end up coming... You, I think you lose width on the pitch. And I think Wolves, because of the way they play, are quite, can be quite narrow as it is anyway. So when you're an inverted winger and you end up coming inside, you're bringing all the players into a cluster in the middle when all the space is down the side. I, and, and I always think, you know, I think when you cross the ball, you, I mean, you, you only need to ask Bully on here. Um, how do you want the ball? Well, you want the ball coming onto your head so you can actually head it back towards goal when, when if you're getting crosses where they're being whipped in and it's a glancing header strikers never they don't if they're honest with you none of them really like it you look at all the years gone by your shearers your bullies people like that they prefer that service where it's whipped in and they can get some real power onto the header and and looking at adama i mean he, he played at times at wing back well no disrespect to adama he's not what i'd call a footballer He's, he's not, he hasn't got guile. He's, he's not a passer of the football, is he? He hasn't got that in his locker to, to, to pass the ball around and keep the ball. He's just an out-and-out -out attacking force. And you play him in, in a position and get him one-on-one with a, with a fullback because he, he will destroy any fullback in world football. And it, was, it was going back to the days when Gareth Bale, when, he's, when it was in his pomp, you put him against anybody, you know he'll destroy them. And Adama's the same. I mean... I, if you ask me who would I have hated to have played later on in my career at left-back, it would have been him. And I was quick, but I'd have hated to play against Adama Traore. But it just shows that you've got to find the right way of playing him and getting him into the correct areas to, to actually get the best out of him. What's the sort of worst thing for a wing-back to come up against in regards to a fast winger like Adama, where you know he's just sort of going to kick it past you and then, well, literally from the byline or a sort of a winger like, I don't want to say, I'm, I'm using David Beckham as an example, which is a ridiculous example because of how good a crosser he is. But he wasn't a winger that knocked it past you. He was first touch and he was whipping it in. Well, I played against David Beckham quite a few times when I played left back later in my career. And actually he was... The, Pace never bothered me because I was I was I was quick really quick myself. So and if I played anyone who was fast, I always I was always happy to show them down the line. A Beckham was even worse because he only needed one touch and he'd be whip, whizzing it like an arrow past you left it and you couldn't stop. It was absolutely impossible to stop. So actually, um, but then it goes back then to having players getting in the box. See, we you're on about Beckham. He had the likes of Keane, Scholes, all of them busting their necks to get in the box. So if you're gonna, you know draw people out and whip balls in, which which Adama could and Neto certainly can do. I mean he, he can do literally anything. I mean he can bring players onto him. He's got the skill to come inside, shoot, you know, he's got he's got absolutely everything going for him the lad. Uh, but Adama, you look at his strengths and and it is getting to the byline and getting crosses in the goal. That's where he's really, really dangerous and, and that's where you you really need to utilize what he's got. Yeah, so going into the game Saturday, the last time Wolves uh, played Villa, uh, Villa won it late through uh, Al Ghazi penalty. Twelve yellow cards, two red cards that day. 
uh, how do you see it going Saturday? It's not it's not the normal local derby, is it? It's, it's no. a bit of a social media um, produced derby. This one, isn't it? I've watched football all this year, and I've got to say, I, I struggle with it because as a player, especially local derbies. I remember the you know the Wolves Albion games that the atmosphere was just off the charts amazing. I mean, to these days, you know, I see highlights of those games we played in and it was just off the scales. And the players are being robbed of that atmosphere because you can guarantee that Villa Wolves at the weekend, that the atmosphere would be unbelievable. And that's when your big game players really raise their games. I, I used to struggle with if ever I played a reserve game in front of three men and a dog because it's just not the same in playing playing in front of 30, 40, 50,000 people because it, it makes the game. The fans make the atmosphere. It makes the derby. And it, it's just not the same. So it's all, I, I think the, the home advantage is just completely wiped out. It's irrelevant who's playing where because there's no fans in the ground. So it just goes down to how can you motivate yourself because you haven't got the fans to get you going in, in the ground. Do you, do you see sort of with the... The Portuguese contingent at Molyneux that they still haven't really taken to the local derby rivalry as such. I think, especially the Wolves Albion game recently, with like I said, the Wolves Albion atmosphere on on match day. Do you think that would have had an effect on that game, or a, a Wolves struggling due to the fact that it's the way we set up? Well, it's, it's hard to it's hard to say because look at the great season they had last year with the amazing atmosphere at Molyneux all season. They've lost the crowd this year and they've, they've been a, a, a shadow of themselves, haven't they? Let's be honest with you. They, now, could that be because of, you know, as with the you know before mentioned, the, the recruitment not being as good as we think it should have been? I, I, I genuinely believe that because, because there's so many top players in that Wolves side now and all top players, they rise to the occasion with the crowd. No crowd. I think I think they're struggling mentally with a lack of crowd, and I don't think fans are giving the players enough credit for how tough it is for them not to play in front of a crowd. I would have hated it. It would have been my worst nightmare playing games with no fans in the ground all season. And I know most of my teammates would say exactly the same. Bully would have hated it, you know. So I've got every sympathy for the for the players that are playing in this sort of ghost atmosphere. And like you say, we're living in a world of of social media. Uh, punditry and, and and banter, aren't we? You know, it, it, between supporters as well. And I think you know, as soon as we can get back to normal, the sooner we back for everybody. And you know, Wolves is such a, an amazing ground now. You know, all the all the all the things that they've done to it. They've got a really good side. You know, I can only imagine next year they will go from strength to strength once the fans are back in the ground again. So try and pull yourself off the fence. I know it's going to be difficult. I got you predicting Saturday. Let's get this splinter out of my back. I'm done. <laughs> fence sponsor, sponsored by Ron Seal. This fence. What's the score going to be on Saturday? I won't judge you if you fancy Villa because I think I, no, obviously I, they're, I, they're five I, points in front of the moment. I'm going to be really predictable because I, lo- I do love both clubs. Um, I, I actually do think it will be a draw. I can't, I can't see a lot between either of them if I'm really honest with you. I think attacking wise, this is dependent on Jack being in the side. By the way, I think if Jack's in the team, I think Villa could edge it. I do. I think Villa could edge it, but I'm not sure whether he's going to be available or not. Um, but without Jack in the side, I, I, I think Wolves have got a really good chance. But they, they, but their big players have got to perform, haven't they? Let's be honest with you. You know, your your, your Pedros, your, your Adamas, they've got to be 
at the top of their games to do that because Villa are very, very good defensively and they've got one of the best keepers in the Premier League right now as well in Martinez. So I think it'd be a really tight game. I, I don't see Nuno, you know, changing. I don't see him going in full attack mode because, you know, they won't want to lose against their local rivals. I think they'll test each other out like a normal derby game would be even when the fans were there. I, I, I think it'll be really tight. I, I just don't, generally don't see there being many goals either. So, yeah, score draw? I would say one all. Yeah, I think I think it'd be one all. But I say if Jack plays, I think I think Villa could ed, would have the the edge in terms of, of of an overall team scenario of what they've got in the in the, especially in the middle of the park as well. So there you go. I'm going with a Wolves two one win on Saturday. I think, like Steve said, it's going to be tight. Uh, I think. We've got to start picking up points. I think we'll want it a bit more than them Saturday. With no fans, I think that'll have an effect on on the home side. I'm going 2-1 Wolves. Steve, thanks for your time this evening. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for coming on. You take care of yourself. Um, absolute pleasure. And say hi to all the Wolves fans for me, please. And let's hope uh, they have a great end to their season. Cheers, Steve. Take care. Right, thanks to Steve Frogger appearing on tonight's show. Uh, really pleasure to have him on. He, he went for the one-all draw, which you can get the draw with Boyle Sports at 11-5. to Fancastrian on, appeared on this week's podcast, which is out now on all your usual podcast outlets. Jordan, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, what's your opinion going into the game on Saturday? Um, for me, it's all about intent, really. And I think that... A, a villa, well, a greenless villa. You've got nothing to fear, have you? I mean, Sheffield United showed that last night, really, that they're going to struggle to break you down without such a good player like himself. So, you know, it's all about for intent for me. I think if we go um, go on the front foot, uh, a really fancy us out wide with uh, Adama and Neto versus El Mahamadi and Matt Target, win that battle, put some balls in the box. I, I feel relatively confident. It might be blind faith, but. You know, I'm still, I'm still optimistic that we can get back to the old wolves that we know and love. Yeah, you can get uh, the home side to win at seven to five, the draw at eleven to five, and wolves to win two one. What just sort of um, where's your money going in regards to first goal scorer correct result on Saturday? Well, for me, it'll all depend on who's starting up front. Um, I've got a feeling that it'll be William Jose and. I can just see him breaking his duck against these uh, if he starts, even if it's Fabio. Um, you know, so it'd be between the two of them. I do think that William Jose will get the start because I don't think he wants to chuck Fabio in from the start, really. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, a few fans might laugh at this at the moment, but I do fancy William Jose to get the first goal. And what sort of scoreline are you thinking? 2 0. 2 0. I think that, like I say, Adama and Neto are going to have a. The fullbacks for Villa on toast, and uh, we're going to put some balls in the box. I'm sure you know whoever's up there is going to get on the end of them. So I'll go two nil, William Jose first goal. Two nil, William Jose. You can get at seventy to one. That would pay for a nice couple of takeaways if you had a pound on that, folks. (laughs) As I said in in my little feature with uh, Steve Frogger, I'm going Wolves two one. I'm going Pedro Neto first goal scorer, and you can get that at fifty to one. Um. What's your sort of feelings in regards to Villa players we should look out for in regards to... There was 12 bookings in the last game, two red cards. 
So maybe there could be a red card today. Who do you fancy in the Villa squad to maybe pick up a red? Um, you got to look at the fullbacks again for me. I don't think they're that good. Um, and I think that on paper, Troyore and Neto should have a field day against a pair of them. So coin toss for me if I was having to put my neck on the line. But I'll go for Matt Target to be sent off as well. You can get Matt Target at 33 to 1 to be sent off in the 90 minutes, which is a nice. Nice little one pound bet. We're not big betters here at the fancast. It's it's bet responsible, bet bet and win big. Jordan, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, hopefully speak to you again next week before the Liverpool game. No worries, Dan. Speak to you soon. Answer me this. How long have you had that mattress? Because it's looking even lumpier than my lockdown love handles. And while those might be more cuddly, a lumpy mattress is doing nothing for your comfort levels or your sleep. So whatever body you're rocking, put it on a Nectar mattress. And right now you can save over $500 on any queen or king bundle. That includes a Nectar mattress, foundation, mattress protector, cooling pillows, and sheet set, as well as our 365-night home trial and a forever warranty. Go to Nectarsleep.com slash save 500 and get hugged. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.